Welcome, everybody, to the Fall Line with KS and Company. I'm Dave Caper, and I'm here with my buddy Angelo Ross. How's it going, Angelo? Real good, Dave. How are you? Good, 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 good. I see you have your beverage over there. You were, as we were getting ready to sign on. I'm having a long trail uh, lager. Long trail I'm lager. A That's a super. You didn't. You didn't go to. Super, yeah. Super you, out you of focus. Go to Vermont to get that, did you? Negative. They sent it here. Okay, I was just. They sent them down all right, for I was us. One, I was wondering if you had to quarantine two weeks before you went up to get it come down. No, they mailed them. They brought them in the truck. Nice, nice. Yep. So, hey, you know, on, t on today's podcast, I um, I, we've been having some talks and uh, on the cast and off of and talking about some things. And I just had some thoughts on uh, learning and, and being a good learner and you with your big education background and all that and being a teacher for so many years. Um, when we look at success in our exams, or we just look at successful people, we look at people that are able to reach a real high level, um, I really think that they have to along the way, or they had to the whole time, be able to really become or be a good learner, that they're able to participate in their own experience and learn from it or learn from others. Um, without that, I mean, even if it's the physical part, like we watch a lot of athletes become really great. And we wonder why some can't. It's like they, they still have to be able to learn from that intrinsic feedback they're getting, whether it be skiing or snowboarding. And I'm just wondering your thoughts on, you know, with all your background, not just with us ski teaching, but being an educator in the school systems, you know, how much did you see that, that kids struggled or anybody struggled, even other teachers with becoming a good learner where they just stuck in like, this is what I have or, and did you see different success levels to that? I saw different definitions of the word struggle or different. Uh, I No, that's right. I saw different definitions of the word struggle. I guess one version of struggle is you, you really try hard. That's struggle, right? And, and you maybe to no avail, like you try hard and it's, it's really difficult and you're not making much progress. That's a struggle. And then I, I, in public ed, I would see a lot of students, a lot of kids who wouldn't make any effort at all and obviously not do well. When I would talk about administration with those kids, um, the, the administration, the verbiage was, you know, well, he's really struggling. And I guess struggling in a broader sense, struggling to understand why it's important, you know what I mean? Struggling to deal with what's going on at school when stuff at home is so bad. Like, I, I get that, but I I think I felt of it, it was more like, uh, are you making effort toward this goal? And, in, and, you know, in my class, when the answer was no, I didn't see that as struggling, whether or not their life was difficult, you know. Um, in the, In the ski world, um, you know, I guess particularly in the exam world, um, it's definitely not as high stakes as what some kids in our country experience in their yeah. home lives, which are very difficult, totally different, uh, totally different uh, setting, uh, recreation versus education, and in some cases like recreation versus pure survival. Um, yeah, rough, hard. Um, but in in uh, in the world of, of ski exams and, and training for exams and whatnot, I guess the uh, um, the ones who work hard do better. You know, 
I would cut to the chase. I see a lot of people dip a toe. You know, they say, oh, I want to get level two. I want to get level yeah. three. Yeah. But they don't really work for it. Yeah. I mean, that's because uh, you see some people work really hard or, or put in time um, and not get ahead. Then you see some people put in a lot of time and just skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, some dip a toe. It's like, I really want this, but, you know, what do they do? And, you know, that's my thing of, you know, do they really want to learn? Mm-hmm. I mean, for for me, as coming through, it was, you know, it's like training. You hear people go, oh, I don't feel like going to training. I just want to go skiing. And I don't know if it was so I was lucky when we came, when I first came in the organization. I came in to teach skiing. You know, training was fun. Yeah. I mean, training should be fun. It should be fun to go out and get better. And, I mean, yeah, you know, doing wedge turns for a whole two hours is not too much fun. And I don't think we did a lot of that. We did some as we were prepping for certain things, but uh, I think being full-time helped. I know the part-timers on the weekend when they only have two days and then they're gone five and the rest of us are there five to seven days a week skiing. We we don't mind taking that extra hour and just wedge turn or stand in the learning center. But mm-hmm. uh, that still can be fun. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that, but I think that's a big part of success of trying to figure out how are you going to get the information? How are you going to train? How are you going to work? You know, are you willing to put the time in on the things you need to put the time in? Um, you know, I think sometimes they think so hard for our, um, especially our level two, that, yeah, the bumps are important. They got to ski through black terrain. They got to be able to do some, some easy black diamond stuff on the groom stuff. And, and they focus on the short turns. And they kind of let some of the, the skill level skiing go, the versatility, agility where that versatility agility tasks, those things can really help their skiing. It's not, those aren't, I mean, we joke about them on being stupid human tricks and that, which we know that old deputy dog, Chris Erickson gets mad at us when we call him those, <laughs> but we're going to keep calling him those just because we know it gets him riled up, which is, it's great to get deputy dog riled up. If we get him riled up too much. He'll come back to do a whole podcast on those are not stupid human tricks. But, but I think it's a, you know, as we've been talking a lot about some of the things we wanted to do here on the podcast, it just it just hit me this last week that that I think, you know, if, if people start with, you know, how do they learn? And I don't mean what mode, but more, you know, is it something that they have to um, talk to others or do they need to read about stuff? Um, you know, where is it they need it, or maybe it's just they need that mentor to go out with because some of us do learn in that different way and get it from somebody else, from a trainer better than we do a book. But I think if they get too locked into just one mode, you know, just reading the books or just going skiing with the crew or just working on the same thing over and over, they're not going to get there. I mean, they still need that variety um, to get through. Because, like, when we start looking at things at the exam, like, what were the – I mean, we all know we were all nervous going into exams. I mean, like, you and I have talked – you said, you know, nervous just going to training which absolutely it's probably um, I know Jeber said it, that, you know, sometimes that's the hardest event to do when you're a group leader, when you're standing in front of a bunch of other examiners leading a group of training. And it is, it's uh, you know, any one of them going to call you out at any second. So, you know, we know there's nerves there. There's definitely nerves going to my exams, but were there certain parts of the exam? Like it was it the skiing, was it the teaching, was it technical pieces, MA, or was it just the overall putting the package together for you? I think for me, like I, I don't get nervous until afterward. Like I would, you know what I mean? Like I, I maybe, maybe it's, 
just did I do that right? Maybe yeah. yeah. Maybe just dumb. You know, like after you do it, you can't undo it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like I would be cool, and then I'd do my bit. You you know either yeah. it was a run or it was a teaching segment or whatever MA or and then I'd, afterward yeah. I'm like, like start shaking afterward. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I I will, yeah. I got I did get stung at my first ETS, and um. So, yeah, I mean, like going into the second attempt at, at ETS, um, I was definitely because I, I like I'll tell you at, at first ETS, I left something out. Matter of fact, I think you were one of the scores. I think you and yeah. you and yeah. Pete Howard were were the scoring yes. pair. Um, Correct. Thousand steps was the task. And, and I, I didn't mention anything about turning the ski during the task. And Pete yeah. came over afterward and he was like, you know, I had to, he's like, I had to ding you for that pretty hard. And, and it just like was it just wasn't it didn't come out of my mouth like i know you have to turn yeah. your feet i just didn't say it so I've, I'm, i i <laughs> yeah. totally get why you did it but that was yeah. the first attempt and then going into the second attempt i was like oh shit don't forget to say something again <laughs> and, and, and i and i kind of wanted to get thousand steps again but i didn't i didn't yeah. teach that the you wanted to fix that one from the first <laughs> yeah, that that getting stung the first time made me second made me nervous going into the second attempt yeah. I mean, I think nerves just going, I mean, I, any evaluation, there's, I have kind of those butterflies of like, okay, you know, how am I going to perform that day? How am I going to feel when I get up? You know, what tasks are we going to have? Um, you know, going into an exam, you kind of know, going into a tryout a lot of times, um, some of the tryouts now, they know some of the stuff going in pretty vivid. Um, I know when I went to my dev team in ETS, it was uh, very cloudy. It was like, you found out that morning, Maybe you got a list of, uh, you've been doing these things and uh, we'll tell you the order later and just show up for your group and be ready when they tell you. Um, you know, so it's definitely, a, I think the exam, the tryouts, especially the last few years have been much more structured. Groups have known ahead of time coming in. A lot of like you guys coming in the last couple of times knew all the tasks, but uh, I didn't have one thing I was nervous about. It was more, I'd say more the, when I was going to have to teach. That was really the thing I worried about. Like in the group, you know, did I have to go first, second? Because I don't like going first or second. I like going towards the end. You know, I like kind of hanging out, listening to what's going on, watch what's going on, and um, versus starting the show. I don't know. It seems, you know, for me, it gets a little flow going, do a little skiing. Um, some people love to jump out, but um, mm -hmm. I think if anybody goes to an exam and says they don't have any nerves, they're kind of lying. <laughs> I like to go. Or way too overconfident. Yeah, or yeah, or yeah, like, or you know, don't know what they're getting into. Um, yeah, I like to go toward the end of my of the teaching because I like to watch all the other people in my group ski because I, I, you know, you're doing MA on them from the beginning yeah. of the day, and then by the time you, you, you figure you find out what your teaching bit is, you've kind of figured everybody's skiing out, so you can give really good feedback, yeah. and that, so that's that's real cool. Uh, you talked about fog. Did I ever tell the story about my dev team? try out when it was super foggy i think it was at mount no, snow oh no, my god the, no. the scoring pair was was murmur and terry and you you like such an ethereal scoring pair right like there yeah. if, if there's a if there's like in my experience a mathematical logistical group of scorers terry and murmur are, are on the opposite end of that you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and I, I love them yeah. both and i love skiing with them both and i learn a lot from both of them obviously but they're so funny together as a scoring pair yeah. right yeah. so we go up the lift and i and the, and it was like it was so foggy like you you literally couldn't see the chair in front of you 
on the on the ride up. So we get to the top and it's like eight inches of slop. And the task was wedge Christie. And we're like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. So we Terry's <laughs> like, let's go down a bit and we'll see if it clears. So we we it's it's not gonna clear up, man. It was like that at the lot. <laughs> so we we ski down a little bit and we finally have to stop and do these wedge Christies, right? Because we're just gonna run out of hill. Mm-hmm. And, and and he he read the he gives a description, murmur said a little something, and somebody finally in the group had the guts to say, like, Terry, how are you gonna see us? And everybody like looked at him, like everybody's head turned, like, like we got to know the secret. And he goes, uh, we'll just listen. Oh, God, that is funny. I think it was an Eastern team tryout. We had some weather like that, that uh, Sue Kramer skied off. I think it was, oh, I think it was, it was at Stowe, I believe, in like an, at a hayride. She skied off and the wind came up about 40 miles an hour. And she disappeared into this white abyss. And we had no idea if she disappeared. She was still on the mountain, still in Vermont. She could have blew away and been in Kansas or something. It was like, just totally disappeared from the group. We're like, I don't know if the score is sore. We didn't see anything. It was gone. So that, that always seems to happen. There's always seems to be. And, and I know when I was a candidate, and I know the candidates now, all members that are like, it's like they order this weather. Yep. I mean, it, it either snows or it rains or it freezes up after a rain or something happens. And that's just the winter. Yep. Welcome to the east. Yep. And, you know, the ever-changing weather and snow. It's a factor, too. But, that, but you know, back back to the, back to your topic, which is yeah. learning. <laughs> as, we, <laughs> I, as we go astray. As we digress. <laughs> Surprisingly, shockingly, we digress. Um, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, learning. Um, you have yeah. to want to. You know, you have to want yeah. to. The, the motivation's got to be intrinsic. There, there's a difference between saying you want a silver or a gold pen and and actually wanting to learn the skills necessary to to earn the silver or gold pen um i you know i get kids in school all the time and you know what grade do you want i want an a well do you want to do the work to get the a and actually like know the stuff that comes with the a and they're like nah not really you know what i mean they just wanted me to put an a on their report card (laughs) and and i think a lot of people approach um certification exams like that and you're like well i'm gonna get my level two but then at 3 30 or four o'clock they're they're at apre already you know and 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 learning involves intrinsic motivation it it involves um letting go of your ego because you're gonna get knocked down a peg you're 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 gonna struggle to learn your performance is gonna go down like we all know the sports psychology of performance when you're integrating new new uh, movements into your muscle memory or performance drops for X number of, of repetitions until it goes back up higher than it was before. You know, um, but so you have to let go of your ego when you're going to learn. You you have to struggle, like you have to change habits in order to learn. And I, there, are, I, there are years where it's like, okay, I don't have a tryout or anything that's really going on. So I'm going to ski a lot and I'm going to have fun, but I'm I'm going to go hang out and enjoy a little bit of apre this year because I'm not really focused yeah. on much. But then other years, tryout year or, or an exam year, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm tired. I taught mountain adventure crew all day or called junior ski back in my day. I taught junior ski all day. I'm tired. Those kids whooped on me, but we got to go out. We're going out for an hour and a half to do you know, back in the day, we thought white pass turns was the answer to all of our prayers. So, but you go out, you, you know, you have to change your habits and integrate new, new patterns into your, into your ski day, into your life so that you can integrate new movement patterns into your, into your performance until you own them. And then you go to the exam. And if you, and you know, if you've trained well and you, you you've looked at the 
curriculum and you understand why you're there and you've built that stuff in your muscle memory, both skiing, snowboarding, and teaching, coaching, you can, you have muscle memory coaching. You, you go into automatic mode with words sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you've done all those pieces, it, the, the, the exam should be, the, that should be relatively easy at that point. So with the, with the whole thing of MA and, and being a real tough thing for folks to do, you know, watching videos and, and watching things on YouTube and, and there's a lot out there that we didn't have when I know when I was going through, I wish I had that. And, um, I think that, you know, it, as you say, it's, you know, time's an issue, but, um, you know, if they can pick certain things and, and take some time just to look at what's out there video wise. So, you, you know, they say, well, I don't have a lot of time in the hill. Well, if they can get on YouTube, they can do a lot of movement assessment of uh, some skiing. There's, a, there's tons of skiing. I mean, they can even get low-level stuff. You just search out, you know, there's families that put their stuff public of kids skiing and them skiing. I mean, it doesn't have to be the high-end stuff. But if you're going for level three or dev team, there's a lot of skiing out there all the way up through World Cup stuff that's pretty easily to get attainable to go look at. Um, and that's definitely a, a good avenue I think people should should go after. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think with a very small collection of videos, you can cover a lot of ground. You know, like, for example, if, yeah. if, you're, if you're going for level two and you have, a, you know, a, a nice video of somebody doing a, a medium radius open parallel turns and you, you can you can reference the same video over and over again, like save it to your favorites list on YouTube you know, um, solid run in, in pretty moderate blue bumps will go a long way for you. You know, good wedge turns in a video, good wedge Christie in a video. And, and just with those four, I think you can put together quite a, quite a library for yourself. If you, you know, over and over again, get used to them, reference them, look at them, you know, compare people you see on the hill to what you have in your four videos and and then you have a you have a real versus ideal kind of setup going in your head and i and i also think that you know if you if you do have an office job or if you are a weekender you can still do movement analysis you just don't necessarily do it on skiing you know yeah. and i i'm a big believer in the, this lateral idea where you 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 know if you you're good at one thing you you can apply it to other things and there are videos on YouTube about how, you know, walking gates. There are experts on uh, Daniel uh, Lieberman at, at uh, Harvard University. He made a career as an evolutionary biologist by studying the walking gate of Homo sapien. Like, there's video out there, you know. You can, you can look at it. You can read about the walking gate of Homo sapien, and you can watch your coworkers walk. You know, you can go on how howto.com or whatever it's called, and um, type in how to sit in a chair and what is, you know, 37 step process for sitting perfectly in a chair with images and everything. And then watch your slouchy, uh, coworkers, like exactly like breaking their own backs in their chair <laughs> under their own body weight, you know, cause his spines are all curved. You're like a fast food in one hand, you know what I mean? Like you can, you can do movement analysis from other activities watch people walk up steps and, and how imagine how you, they'd ski on skis. I, I know a girl, I have known her for years, and I just noticed the other day in her walking gait, she lands, on, she does her footfall on her right foot on her heel, which is proper walking gait, but her footfall on her, on her left foot is on her, um, on her forefoot, on her toes. 
and it's you know landing on one heel on the heel of one foot and the toes of the other it's her, that's her gait and then i immediately thought wow i wonder what how that would translate into her skiing you know but it's the same physique it's the same species so if you can if you can analyze its movement in one setting it's going to be easier to analyze it in other settings so if you are off off of your skis monday through friday but you're doing ma on your on your coworkers as they sit stand lean whatever it it's going to translate to your weekend uh skiing movement analysis snowboarding movement analysis yeah i mean chris and i i use uh jump rope when we do our ma sessions i mean that's our thing to try to get people to describe and observe things before they judge and and uh, try to put a prescription on how to do it better and as soon as we put a ski video up right away the things come out they're not doing this right they're not doing that they're too far back they're I mean, everything's wrong. And it's the first thing they say. It's nothing about how they're skiing or are their skis parallel throughout the turn. Do the wedge stay the same size, the chain size? Nothing about do the legs change length? Um, you know, do both legs extend at the same time or flex at the same time or do they flex in opposition? There's none of that. It's um, not enough for this, not enough for that. The whole body twists. You know, it's it's those fixes where, like you said, if they they think of some of these simple things, someone sitting in a chair. I got to look that one up now. I'm going to look that one up of how to sit in the chair at 37 weight. We should write an article for the uh, Snow Pro on how to sit in a chair. If you want to learn how to be a ski pro, how do you sit in a chair? Um, but yeah, jump rope is one of those things. It's active and it's one of the easy things that we can show in the beginning of a clinic that's not skiing, but shows some movement and can show a lot of movement or a little bit of movement. And, uh, and Chris is definitely a lot better at the jump rope thing than I am. You know, he likes to go to the gym as you and I have spoken earlier yeah. podcasts. We, we don't tend to go to the gym. He's a, mm -hmm. he likes to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, he's also a guy, he lives on a golf course and he doesn't golf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. He's a conundrum wrapped in, a, wrapped <laughs> in an, an enigma. He's, he's a pickle. He's a veritable person. Oh, man. Unbelievable. You know, you know like, he, and I, I've even, I've had the thought from time to time while I'm, you know you do things out in the woods you go for a little hike you walk down a steep hill you ever walk down a steep hill and and, and make a an, a an s pattern as you come down the hill like you're making ski turns down it you can learn a lot about how to properly come down a come down a, an incline you know and with this many joints in your body as as this bipedal species and whatnot but but the whole idea of of you know flexing through transition when you're walking down a hill changing directions man what a great place to learn and build the muscles to do that you know and yeah. there's a lot of stuff you can do outside of the you know outside of the ski area that'll help with exam prep yeah well you know and, and another thing i think that um we should mention that it's one of it's high on my list we'll see what you think um I've seen it a ton in, in the exams and, and it's just in training. You see it the whole mountain, you go out with staff. It's not just exams. It's, you know, it's coaching people, training them to get better. You see people struggling with how to lead a group, um, you know, struggling to set up a learning environment. It's, it's kind of that they have pieces and they just do pieces. And well, this is what the way we did it in the training clinic. And I'm, and you know, they have a hard time picking a task and staying with it. It'll be like eight tasks in a row that none relate to each other. Um, you know, versus picking one thing, like you were talking about thousand steps earlier, instead of just thinking of even a beginner who's stepping through a turn, the first turn they do is step through the bottom part, you know, a J turn, you know, and how can you keep working that throughout the whole thing and do the fan? And then when they're starting to have struggle, when you get them to try to link turns together, can you just have them step through turns? Maybe they just, if they're struggling, they get the turn started, or maybe just step to start the turn 
you have to do it all the way around, but they kind of go away from that. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, something else they're working on weight transfer or, you know, things that they say versus you just, instead of coaching somebody, Hey, just think about stepping that foot over here. Now without stepping that foot, just think about releasing that ski. Like you take a step without taking it off the snow, you know, and then they kind of shuffle around the turn. Something like that. You what know? kind of mystical examiner shit is that? I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Take a step without yeah. taking a step. No, I get it. I'm yeah. just, I'm just yeah. sure. Thanks for bringing that thousand steps up, by the way, again. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to keep going with that one. Pete Howard would be happy. I had just finally blocked that out. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, what, I, was the what was the question? You had a question. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was if, if you think that's one of the things. I mean, for me, it's definitely when they take charge of the group. When they, when they take over and lead the group, it becomes not a leading of the group or setting up an environment. It's just like three or four tasks that they're going to throw out. Mm -hmm. They have the people ski through. And now the ability to turn the legs on the upper body is fixed because they did these three tasks and nothing was stated to the people of how they did. Were they able to do it? Did they do it well? And then even if they were all able to do it somewhat, you know, could you change the parameters to say, all right, they did that in more of a medium turn realm, that task you had. Well, why don't you do that in a short term? a short turn mm -hmm. or maybe you do it at a different rate like say we were going to ski bumps you know would they have to do that at a different rate if you were doing something in the absorption world you know can they change the learning environment without just going to something totally new you know change the speed of, of what you're doing or change the intensity or rate or timing you know something in the tactical realm that somebody can work on it same thing as changing snow surface i mean it's pretty tough you know, you need to work on turning your legs under your upper body in all different kinds of situations, not just on one trail that's perfectly groomed. Because when I ski bumps or I ski powder, because um, we skied the big, deep powder the other day at Sunday River, mm -hmm. all, all, um, I, I can't wait for that ruler. Um, <laughs> if I use the ruler that skiers measure the snow in, none of them, if I use that in the wood shop, nothing will fit together. <laughs> you'd be, it, you'd be 12 feet tall if you measured yourself with it. Oh my God! It's gonna it be crazy. It would be. It's definitely hard to put stuff together off of that that measuring stick. Um, but the scheme was good. But um, you know, I think those are for me. Those are the two two big things for me in terms of. That's not the only things, but those are the things I see the most. I, I I get it though. Like, and creating a learning environment is challenging. And I and I yeah. think, like my experience, my experience has been as I. As I've come up through what I know now, I, I believe more more now than ever that less is more. Yeah. And a small change still counts as a change. So if you present uh, an activity to your group and you say, you know, like you said, let all right, let's do performance medium radius turns down this, you know, black pitch, right? And then you see what you see, and you can change one variable. Let's try performance medium radius turns down this blue pitch, right? That's a change. Yep. It's it's as valid a change as going, you know, something like let's do pivot slips, then let's do, you know, bricage. Like, you know, like you don't have to you don't have to come to an exam and, and demonstrate or or name every task you know. You know, and I and I think but I get, I understand it because the situation is this, you know, you go to an exam and you want to leave there with a different color pin. So there's a there. It makes a lot of sense that you would think you should go there and let the examining crew make them aware of everything, you know. But that 
that doesn't make you pass. What makes you pass is putting together a, a, a logical uh, series of activities, you know, and it doesn't even have to be a long series. It could be a couple of things, oh, two, two right. or three things, excuse me, one of which may be a change in pitch, you know. Right. Um, yeah. You put, the, put together a couple of things that make sense together and all work toward the goal and are specific to the people in your group and give a little bit of specific feedback. And in my, my experience, you've just done really well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I, I understand wanting to throw all the spaghetti against the wall and seeing, you know, hope, you know, hoping something sticks. I get it. Thanks everybody for joining in with cat with uh, the fall line with chaos and company. Um, hopefully if uh, anybody has any questions or maybe you have some comments, you'll throw them on our YouTube channel or throw them on our Facebook pages. And, uh, we hope you'll be listening next time.